Hello everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we try and take some science, squish it into an hour-long show, and hopefully make it less confusing than it was at the beginning. Science in theory, but comedy in practice. Last week, we carried on our conversation of evolution. Was it on track? No, it wasn't. Apocalypse, end of the world stuff. Wow, here I go. Can't even remember what we did. Extinction. There we mm-hmm. go. Good start. Mm-hmm. Good start. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Today we're moving on slightly to somewhat related using Jurassic Park. Kark. Fucking hell. Jurassic. <laughs> it's the fact that you said Jurassic Park and then said Kark afterwards. Like you got it. <laughs> you got it right the first time. Yeah, I, I did. My head, obviously, just not here at all. We use Jurassic Park as a launching point for our research today. So we'll be speaking a bit about dinosaurs, cloning, the possibility, the ethics. I'm sure maybe even a bit more extinction or periods going on there. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've joined us through this absolute mess of an intro, thank you very much. If you want to hear more, you can head on over to Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod. Obviously, we're on whichever directory you're listening to us right now and many, many more. So if you can give us a follow, a like, it all helps us out absolutely massively. I'm Tom Jenks. And as you've just heard, my, Garrett, my very good friend joining me is Mitchell Gatting. Yeah, are you good? I'm not. I just can't speak today. <laughs> what is going on? I haven't been sleeping yeah. well, you know. Uh, is that, uh, maybe it's just it's just catching up. Yeah. Slowly I'm doing good, yeah. mate. Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm good. It's just that time of the year, you know, when it's now cold outside your bed. When you wake up in the morning and it's dark. It may not be that cold for you, but it's cold here when we wake up in the morning. Well, we had our first colder day today. It's currently 13 degrees. Wow. And uh, it's at the point now where I'm still wearing shorts and I'm walking around barefoot out at mm-hmm. work because it's outside and you know if you get wet um in my line of work and everyone's like wow how are you not cold how do you are not freezing your tits off made of stronger stuff yeah maybe S- southern born and bred well if i say i'm southern to them they're like it's the opposite for them hotter down south but yes southern brit we we just walk around <laughs> like hobbits never have we shoes do. on no, 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 you know what? It was really funny uh, because it, and actually it can cause issues, but you're, if you don't wear shoes that often, like your feet, they don't expand, but they like flatten. Oh, okay. So then when you go to put on shoes on, they can feel tighter because you're, you, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. You don't have like the, the sole on the inside, like supporting your foot. Yeah. Because your shape And changed. I swear that happens a lot with me because I just like never wear shoes anymore. No, don't, oh. Going outside. No. What's that about? Yeah. Do you know, so Tom and I, in between the weeks that we are, in the week that we have between podcasts, we, we share things. You know, we're quite friendly with each other. And one of the things that we keep sharing at the moment is there's this cr- content creator that mainly is on TikTok, but he's on other things as well. And it's it's all to do with neurodivergency. And yeah. there, was, there was one about the shorts. This is why this is, we brought this up. But there was another one that I was watching and it's about the guy going like, when's the last time you went outside? <laughs> have you seen that one? No, I and haven't. He's, yeah, he's having a, not having a go, but he's like, how have you not been outside for four days? Like, oh, because I've been, I've been working on this, I've been doing this, you've got the food, like I don't need to go out. It's like, how have you not been outside four days? You need to go outside. He's like, yeah, but I'm really productive at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel that too much. Yeah, uh, the guy's name specifically that we've shared recently is called Chris Gad, G-A-D. Um, yeah. yeah, just really interesting perspective on what it might be like to find out you have autism as an adult and what that, how he perceives the world mm-hmm. and make you realize you're also autistic and give you like an existential crisis. Yeah. Fun stuff. I saw, I saw an, an interesting take when people are like, self-diagnosis is bad, but then with someone that was on the spectrum that was advocating like there are times where self-diagnosis is good because it's the first step to recognizing that 
there's a possibility that you may be on the spectrum or dyslexic, dyspraxic, depending on what, what yeah. else is going on. So it can serve as a useful tool. So just to say it is bad is um, not very good. Yeah, and I looked at this because I was like, should I be self-diagnosing for anything, mm. really? And uh, there was quite a few therapists who had chirped up about this recently. And especially with social media kind of uh, bringing attention to it more. You know, people are having more chance to not intentionally self-diagnose, but they may accidentally come across things and identify with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, especially if the algorithm's pushing you towards what other people who are, say, autistic like and you happen to like the same things, it may show you things that, you know, actually you do identify with. Yeah. But anyway, these therapists were saying, actually, self-diagnosis, while it may not always be correct, is very, very important because, as you said, it's the first step. And if you go to a therapist or you go to your GP to try and get diagnosed, they're going to be like, okay, well, why do you think you have this? Mm-hmm. And unless you've self-diagnosed and researched a little bit, you're going to have absolutely nothing to go off. And they're going to be like, well... You know, what do you want me to do here? Yeah. So you, you have to have a reason to go. So in this sense, self-diagnosis, okay, yeah, it's not the end or be all. And you could be absolutely completely wrong. But it is very, very often, especially in adults, the starting point. Yeah. Other people telling you that you're, you're presenting autistic behaviors as well. Yeah, that keeps stacking that. up over time, it may be time for you as an adult to go... <laughs> Get yourself tested. Yeah. Say tested. Get yourself checked. As that as well. Um, mm. So, yeah. I will fulfill my promise that I made on an earlier show. I can't remember what show that was exactly, but I will go get tested when I get back to the UK. Yeah. And, uh, I, we'll, I, we'll, we'll follow along with it. that. Yeah. On the show, because I think that would be interesting. Mm. <laughs> what if we both go? <laughs> yeah, if we both go, see where we are. Because it, yeah. it is funny, like, when you send me the video, you're like, oh, I really identify with what he said. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, is that why we get on so well? <laughs> <laughs> like, but, uh, if you want me to tell you the very in-depth, in detailed mechanic of how we've been playing D&D wrong all these years because of some really niche, sub-niche, uber-niche rules that we've been playing wrong, uh, I can do that. Yeah, I feel it's you. It's not like, like hyper fixated, and like if you want to talk about the D, I can do that for like hours. And I re- again, do you know when people say that autistic people, they kind of if they have an interest, they go on about it a lot. That's one of yeah. the ones I'm like, I don't think I do that. Do I do that? And I'm like, oh no, when I've started talking and like planning D and D sessions, I've done that to grace. Yeah, <laughs> like I've uh, I've been like two hour drive, four hour drive, no issues. Right, so the campaign starts. <laughs> and i do that as well and i've had people say to me especially when it comes to my work which i absolutely love and D &D and other you know temporal uh obsessions of mine Mm -hmm. and they're like oh when you're talking about this thing you seem so interested and then when it comes to other things you just don't seem that interested and it's like yeah it's not that i'm not i can't help it when i'm really interested in something and especially when the other person is like engaged you just Mm. go off like you demask I saw someone uh, refer to it as, but you kind of stop paying attention to your social cues. You just kind of let go and you're free. Um, Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, autistic people or people on the spectrum, say autistic people, some people like that, some people don't like that terminology. People on the spectrum, they learn to act a certain way around people to seem more, what do you call it, neurotypical. And that's called masking. Um, And what's happening now is a lot of people, uh, this is like a trend of being like unmasking, which is acting like you would just being yourself. And they're finding, and it's a big thing at the moment, and it's trending a lot. And it's people are finding like they're losing friends because they're like, oh, you've lied to me because you've been masking, which they see as lying, which is this weird temporal thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole, like, if you're just not masking in yourself, you can seem completely different. I think like the way I've seen it explained best is again from Chris Gad, this guy, and a mix of what I've, I've experienced is like, everyone has different personas when you're around different people. You can't help it. Just everyone has that, at least to a small, small degree, right? Mm. 
but with people on the spectrum, um, especially on on the the autism side of things, is that most people are like on autopilot. You know, if you imagine like your personality is like a DJ deck, right? You got all the different sliders, you got the knobs and things like that. There's mm-hmm. like a hundred sliders on there. Most people are on autopilot on most of those things in different situations. But people on the spectrum are controlling like every single, they're paying attention to every single one of those sliders to make sure they're doing the right thing. Their body posture is the right thing. They're laughing at the right times. They're speaking the right amount compared to other people. There's enough eye contact, but not too much. You know, mm-hmm. these kinds of things that other people just don't have to worry about. So it becomes mm-hmm. quite exhausting. But then when they're really engaged in something and they're speaking about something they love, they kind of forget to regulate those things. And that's why like, when the mask comes down, let's say, and people think, oh, that's you're different to how you were in this situation or that situation. Yeah. But again, it may, you know, it's a very personal thing. It may be diff- people experience it very different ways mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. We'll follow up on that in, in a future episode, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> see where we end probably, up. Yeah, I probably should do like a an autism. Yeah. And go, I'd really like to do that. Do, do an autism episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing an autism <laughs> that, that if that isn't a quote with someone on the internet, so, so <laughs> I'm gonna do an internet. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna do, do an book. internet. Yeah, you, you all see that? <laughs> I've like, not seen that. Oh, no. oh. So it's it's, it's, a guy, it's animated. And the guy sat, sat in front of the internet and he goes, "I'm gonna do an internet." It's the keyboard and like <laughs> rainbows come out of the screen. And someone goes, "I'm gonna do a book." There's a swing to the book and then nothing happens. It just goes, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sounds great." Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely do that in the future, I think. Mm. That'll be a very interesting. Or very revealing. Yes. So, this week's episode, as we are, we've now yeah, skipped the news track. section. Sorry, mate. Your yeah, time's up. Uh, that, that is true. I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a very chair quickly of really, recount like, the news. Chair of meeting, mate. Time's up. We're moving on. Yeah, it absolutely makes sense. I'm going to say it very quickly because I'm oh. absolutely convinced we make the scientific world turn now. There's nothing that can change my mind. And it's not like the frequency illusion, right? Where you notice things and you notice them more. Because I specifically go to news, news, science news places to find something. And it's the first thing there. New research suggests there is now a sixth major mass extinction event. That was previously unknown. Mm-hmm. And instead of going into all the detail, around 539 million to 550 million years ago, the fossil record shows that feeding modes changed and there's like, we didn't, we couldn't identify all of the organisms that were there because they went from like harder bodies to softer bodies, which means they don't fossilize as well. Mm-hmm. Turns out, new research suggests that actually this wasn't a sampling area where that was the case, but actually 80% of all species seem to vanish within that time period, which is 11 million years, mm-hmm. which is completely on par with the other five major mass extinction events. Um, do they know what cl- caused it? Not quite yet. Maybe some more research needs to go into it. But it's very interesting development that there may be a sixth major mass extinction event previously unknown. Boom, news in 20 seconds. So, Jurassic Park as a launching point then. Yeah, so... But Jurassic Park is going to be our launching point. This is a new thing that we're trying. We're not just going to go for scientific. We're just going to pick a, a random thing in sci-fi or popular culture and then see where it takes us. So yeah. today, Jurassic Park. Na, na, Dinosaurs. Na, na, na. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if that was high pitch for everybody. I've got a race into the microphone. <laughs> so, factoids. Oh, yeah. Factoids about dinosaurs. We'll also talk about our favorite dinosaurs. Um, the word dinosaur comes from the Greek language and means terrible lizard. Oh. Yeah. The, I like I guess, that. Yeah. Uh, and the largest meat eating dinosaur that's ever been discovered was the Spinosaurus, which is around 50 foot long and spent most of its time in the water. Do you know what's really funny? I was looking at different dinosaurs earlier. 
especially ones right. that were in the in the water and the sea. And I always went, ha, Pleosaurus, because it's in D&D. And I was like, oh, no, wait, that actually is Palosaurus. It actually <laughs> is a dinosaur. This yeah. isn't just a D&D thing. This is legitimately like, it looks a bit like, it looks a bit like the Loch Ness Monster. It does. Uh, has, yeah, it's it was 11, 11 foot long. I think it was is the, the thing, but it's it's known because it's got like the the body which looks a bit like a turtle, but then it's got a really 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 long neck. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. absolutely wild to think about that these things are real or were real. Yeah, I would absolutely I've, I've, I would give I've anything. To, I would give an arm and yeah. a leg to go back and see it. And to what they probably take an arm and a leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, my favorite dinosaur. Oh, I've got a quick say. fact. Oh, yeah, oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, yeah, go on. Oh, that's all right. Uh, mine's more Jurassic Park related to do with like the cloning side of things. And I okay. didn't realize how many species they've actually cloned. Most people I think have heard of Dolly the sheep, especially if you're yeah, a Brit the- who's gone to school. <laughs> <laughs> Went to school during the 2000s. Yeah, like yeah. that is just 1996. Dolly the sheep, highly regarded <laughs> to be the first cloned mammal. But mm. 22 animal species have reportedly been cloned using a similar technique. Oh, yeah, no, because there's the fish and then there's the mice or mice or mouse. Uh, yeah, there's been, and, there's been a few. But, and probably 19 of them survived to adulthood. Uh, but yeah, there's cattle, swine, sheep, goats, so mice, rabbits, cats. Know, swine is pigs. Yes, sorry. saying a pig. Uh, one dog. And about cattle, does that refer to one as well, or is that just like herded, herdable animals? Cattle like is things within Cows. the cow family. Bovine, then. That's what I presumed it always was, but I don't think I define cattle. <laughs> A large ruminant animals with horns and cloven hoofs, domesticated for meat or milk. Or, yeah, or so as beasts be... of burden, cows and oxen, mainly. Yeah, bovine-esque. Okay. Yeah, but it could include yak, bison, and buffalo. Nice. Cool. Oh, I didn't, didn't realise it was specifically cloven-hooved herbivores. Yeah, horned yeah. cloven-hooved herbivores. Do they have to be horned? It did say horned. So would a, uh, a satire be uh, cattle? Yeah. <laughs> if you farmed um, it. <laughs> Sater, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's technically farmed for milk or meat, so you'd have to be yeah, pretty you unethical. Get, you get some milk out of a satyr. Definitely get meat out of it. Yeah, I guess if you were slave farming some satyrs, that they technically would be cattle in that instance. Yeah, but aren't they like yeah unethical okay, cattle? Let's not, not go down that road. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So cattle yeah. being cloned, cows. Cool. There we go. That's my that's my fact. Oh, nice. So, moving on to favorite. So I've got I've got things. I've got a, a, there's a group. There's a group of winners. Okay. Uh, one of them because one of them could still be technically alive. Megalodon. Could it though? I don't think it could. Yeah. No. But there's there's like this giant octo squid. The squid. Uh, the giant. There's giant. There's millions of squid that we just there's don't both, know. Actually, and seen. giant squid. Colossal squid and octopus. Yeah, and they're like they're hiding down in the depths, and we haven't found them. We've only seen them in the bellies of whales. Like, so I think the megalodon could exist down there in the deep. I think you're a conspiracy theorist, mate. Uh yeah, a little bit. Um, but <laughs> but then my like my true fave is the dreadnoughtus scrani. Okay, which is dreadnoughtus. Do you know Brachiosaurus? Or the Diplodocus. Oh, yeah. It's like the big, big boy version of the Diplodocus. Okay. It's heavier than a Boeing 737. Uh, and is it's one of the ones with the really long necks. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely huge. The bone it's structure like, looks insane. Yeah. Like the neck structure. From like mouth to tail... It's approximately like 26 meters. Which is mad. Yeah. Absolutely crazy that his body can hold this like this neck up. And it would just eat, eat, 
eat grass and just chill out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, there's like pictures here of like what it would look like next to a human and you just can't even imagine that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it's so that on most of these scales there's like a T Rex on it as well. And everyone thinks like, oh T Rex, that's pretty pretty big. Like weighing in about nine point eight tons. Uh like it's not even close. Yeah, that's weird. This is one of the good things that like VR is really good for is like giving you a sense uh, of scale and things like yeah. that. Yeah, Definitely. that's really cool. Yeah, weird bone structure in its neck. It's always great. Um, great to see. Yeah. Jeez. What's your favorite dinosaur then, Tom? My favorite is not as big and not as long. Okay. Um, oh, I think I know which one you're, you're going to talk. So you, you, yeah, I think I know which one's your favorite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, okay, I'll say, I'll say it, and then yeah, you, you see. It. Uh, it's the Gigantoraptor. Gigantor, I've got a picture I, I can uh, I can copy and paste in, and it just looks goofy oh, as hell. Yeah, the 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 turkey. I wasn't. It's go like this a one, so giant gonna... turkey it's, kind it's of like thing. A giant turkey. Yeah, They're five meters tall, eight meters long, possibly the largest feathered dinosaur slash bird in history. Which one makes it pretty cool? Yeah, isn't this one that spurred the whole the feathered movement? It may have been actually, yeah. So, because this is the first one I've seen, is probably feathered. so. Those that you don't that don't know out there in the scientific community, there was what they call it the feathering. I think they called it the feathering, and it's when they realised that, uh, like artists back in the day, that when they did the expedition and found like the first. A dinosaur egg back in 1923 uh it was in mongolia if you didn't know a guy called roy chapman oh. andrews went uh he found the bones of a bird-like creature taller than a man uh which he named oviraptor okay uh the egg thief because that's the thief ah yeah uh that's what i is and it's relative have become you know uh stars the raptors that's like one of the big things um but what they essentially did is when they were like putting them in and drawing them, because it's just bones, they didn't know that they potentially had feathers. Yeah. And because feathers don't like fossilize, then they just weren't drawn with them ever. So there's like theories that like the T-Rex, the T-Rex potentially could have had a fur or could have had feathers. Yeah, and this is fairly recent because if you think back to Jurassic Park, nineteen ninety three. Yeah, none of them have feathers or anything, right? Mm-hmm. And you would have Always thought if stick. it was common knowledge that they had feathers, they would have put them on. Yeah, for the film. Mm-hmm. So because we call them lizards, you know the the, the reptile family, we just presume they're just not non feathered. But yeah, this thing looks very odd, like a giant turkey. But it's got two arms that stretch down, almost T-Rex-like. Mm-hmm. And on the end, it's just got two, like, claws that don't really ser- seem to serve any function other than they could be a bit stabby-stabby. Yeah. And it just looks uh, lost, to be honest. It looks like how I feel sometimes. Lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, um, so, further, so the whole further thing, further this... Um, they found uh, a smaller version of the T-Rex, which was only about 10, 10 meters. I can't remember what they, they called it. But they believe it was in... It lived in the region that had snow during the Cretaceous period. And they found a patch of its skin that was preserved, and it had a shaggy kiwi-like feather. Oh. And this was found in 2020, uh, 2012. Yeah. Yeah, and in 2019... They found Tranus is what it was called. They found amber with um, a fully intact oh, dinosaur yes. feather in, didn't they? They did. Uh, two actually. really cool. Two feathers. Ah, yep. And, and it was uh, found in Myanmar. Yeah, really wild to actually see, and like the cut, how really well they were preserved. Mm-hmm. Even they even uh, had the lice inside. Yeah, this is, this is the thing that the whole conspiracy theory at the time was like it had the lice, so they'll be able to extract the DNA from the lice 
that it would have been feeding on the persons, earth persons, the dinosaurs. So they would then be able to, you know, extract that and clone a T-Rex from its blood. Yeah. So yeah. on that note, that leads exactly <laughs> into my first point of research. Okay, Since we've that. arrived there, I'm going to I'm going to issues, go issues with it. Jurassic Park because I got loads. <laughs> How plausible is it? And How hmm, yeah. So most people know the plot of Jurassic Park and you know, I did originally have written down everyone, but you know, it did come out 30 years ago next year. Yeah. So may, maybe that's a bit generous. Basically, quick breakdown. Scientists find a fossilized mosquito in some amber that still has the blood of the dinosaur inside its stomach. Yes. They extract the blood DNA, they sequence, complete, replicate, and insert the DNA back into an egg cell that can read and replicate the dinosaur DNA and form it into a dinosaur. Now, this makes the resulting dinosaurs clones because they are, or at least attempted to be, you know, the exact replica or DNA replicate of the uh, extracted blood from the mosquito. Yeah. So, early 1990s, we're going to go back to here. So, oh, just yeah. before the Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. Scientists revealed that they had been able to extract DNA from ambers that were up to 130 million years old. And this was just pretty much accepted until a few years later. So, until after Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> That's the rug pole for Jurassic Park. Yeah. Until the Natural History Museum in London showed that they were unable to replicate that process. So now Mm. things were a bit dubious. There was one study that showed that they could do it. And then there was a museum that didn't publish anything, but said, well, we tried this and we couldn't do it. So 2013, 20 years after um Jurassic Park came out and they did they used Jurassic Park as a launch point for the start of the paper actually it was a really interesting read but basically they went okay we're going to put an end to this debate they're going to wear full forensic suits in a dedicated ancient DNA facility at the University of Manchester and basically this has like the most insane uh, ventilation system and everything is there is no foreign or modern material could possibly get within the samples, right? So anything mm-hmm. they extracted had to come from the amber. Yeah. They used the polymer, polymerase ch- polymerase chain reaction, which they used in the original study, which basically any DNA that is in a sample, it will replicate and like magnify. So you can then find it easier later. They concluded that the original paper, which used the polymerase chain reaction, prioritized the replication of modern and unbroken DNA in the sample compared to the older damaged DNA. Thus, they obtained false positive results about finding DNA within the amber sample. Mm -hmm. Now, the original scientists were like, obviously, they'd been living for 20 years, convinced that they'd done it properly, didn't accept that. And I guess that's their right. They'd have to go back and do it again, which they haven't done. So... Yeah, but for most people, this is kind of like, okay, that's the, the final nail in the coffin for the Jurassic Park method at the initialization of amber extraction. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think it's a no. I don't think we could do it how they posited in the film. Mm-hmm. And we've only got to extraction, so. Yeah. This is I added like the the cascade of issues with Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, the first one is that, as you said, the D- DNA in amber degrades over like several million years, so it wouldn't be right anyway. Yeah. Um. So even if a even if a fragment of dinosaur DNA survived that time. As you said, it might be mixed with you know, the insects during extraction. Big issue. But let's say they, they actually lucked out, right? And they reconstructed the entire DNA genome from the DNA, uh, which obviously is very slim. At this point, they'd have to come up with a way to transform the DNA into chromosomes. Yeah. Well, that's what DNA is. They are one and the same. 
Really? What? I thought they were they were they you couldn't just like use one as the other. No, the DNA form into chromosomes, don't they? Chromosomes are just DNA strands. Yeah, but if they extracted it, they wouldn't have complete strands, surely. They would just have like Oh, you mean it'd be like broken, like damaged DNA? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. They, they would have to they would have to properly sequence it. Yeah, they'd have to sequence it and kind of fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get you. Yeah. Yeah, they would have to like rebuild Lego style a T Rex from the TCGA up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the right is that right, the Les? A C T G, yeah. You missed out G, but otherwise you you're great. No, I said T C G A. Oh, okay, then yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Normally. Why is that what but it's probably not the right order or an acronym. Uh but okay, once they've done that, if they manage to do that and they did it well, they then have to find to, a place to implant what they would I guess they would create a a starting point. So uh let's say an inseminated egg. Yeah. So they would have to put that in you know, the most ideal place would be a dinosaur egg, which they don't have, which is the bare minimum. Uh, um, they would then okay. have to, like, put it to a closely related species for that to work. Right. Which there aren't <laughs> on Earth. They, they've thought about how you could try and uh, flipping genetic levers in a chicken embryo to introduce yeah. a dinosaur-like features in the hatching but yeah no that'd be kind of reverse engineering wouldn't it yeah rather than cloning so yeah. the idea is that like if dinosaurs evolved into modern day birds then uh then some of those initial traits remain at a genetic level so those genes simply aren't expressed or turned on so you could just flip them back on and then suddenly they're going to be 20 foot murder machines <laughs> well i you got to imagine which it would the chickens let's say would only have the dna of their direct ancestors right so you probably couldn't get a diplodocus or however you pronounced it from them or a t-rex maybe i don't know which dinosaurs were specifically avian mm. mm-hmm. yeah another issue with jurassic park which i thought was a really funny one uh so uh, the T-Rex in Jurassic Park, if you watch the movie, it's technically got broken wrists. Do you know it like hangs with them down, with the small yeah. arms? Yeah. Uh, a paleontologist like, did some research and looked at it and said like the way the wrists are twisted unnaturally down so the animal fingers are pointing downwards is anatomically like, not right. And that okay. in an atomically accurate T-Rex, it's sideways. So his fingers would be like his pinky. The side of his pinky would be pointing at the ground. So he said it would look okay. more like they were always clapping or about to clap. <laughs> like, because that's, they were like hands, palm facing each other. Yeah. But I realized that obviously is not as creepy on screen as like the skulking monster. It's like creepy hands down. And so it's like looking like it's ready to give a round of applause. That's true. But if it were presented that way originally, and we don't have the concept of them facing down, maybe that would be creepy. Nah, because I think I think that like the creepy hand style isn't just specific dinosaurs. Like, have you watched Mama, the scary movie with the the mother of the children that takes care of them in the woods and she's got really no. creepy hands? Creepy hands is the thing that comes out a lot in like scary movies. And okay. they're always like either like crack creaking or cracking in weird shapes and then mostly always face down like you're about to you know strike uh, okay. up down um yeah yeah okay second one is they just got a whole dinosaur wrong the, which the, one's that the depiction according to the is it the deliophosaurus saurus deliophosaurus yeah which is the um how well do you know Jurassic Park the original? Um I haven't you know, watched it in a while, but I have seen it a lot of times. Okay, do you know the the programmer? Yeah. Uh he gets killed by the dog sized dinosaurs that hunt them down and kills them with like the neck yeah. thing. Uh in in real life <laughs> say, uh they were about twenty feet in length, not small dog sized. Oh. And they definitely did not spit venom. Well, that would have been slightly less theatrical. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think him being ripped apart by like a a, a group of you know twenty foot dinosaurs or not because that would have been quite like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, but that always happens with the raptor, doesn't it? With the clever girl, and he gets absolutely demolished. Yeah, and like if you think about the Velociraptor scene in the kitchen, you know the very famous tense scene uh, where the yeah, Velociraptors yeah, yeah. are chasing the, the kids in the kitchen. Yeah. Now, if they were anatomically correct velociraptors, they'd be slightly larger than your average chicken. Mm. Not the size of, you know, teenagers when they're fully, like, stretching up. Yeah. So that would have been slightly less tense as well, I think. Because velociraptors really weren't that big and were thought to be, as we discussed earlier, a lot more feathered. Yeah. Yeah. Good, better aerodynamics? I don't know. But maybe warmth as well. If you're thinking they're cold-blooded, that would also be a thing. Um, but also mating, as we spoke about with uh, sexual selection in our evolution episode. Mm-hmm. If you've got like really bright feathers compared to your competitors in terms of your, your other species members, your other you know mates... If they've got really dull color, then it probably looks like, from first look, you're doing better in the terms of getting food department and staying healthy department. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I find it really interesting that even the modern day ones, because the original films got it wrong, they've just stuck with that. <laughs> yeah. They haven't tried to retcon any anatomical things, um, which I respect. I mean, you, it would be interesting to go do that now. But yeah. Really interesting indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, have you seen any of the, the recent ones, like Jurassic World? No. Like uh, I, I saw the, the original reboot and then was like, no, not for me. <laughs> That's fair. I, I think, watched the most okay. recent one. Controversial opinion coming in. Coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything beyond Parks and Recreation, Chris Pratt can't act and shouldn't be involved with. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't... He typecasted incredibly quick in his career and just, like, he is the same in everything. He is generic popular man for me. I get what you mean. Like... For sure. He played the same type of character in Jurassic Park, the same type of character in Guardians of the Galaxy, the same type of character in the new one where they go back in time and it was sci-fi. It's generic action shooty guy. But the True. only one that I've really like seen a different depth is the one where he's on the spaceship and he passengers. Like, opens the, yeah, the passengers. Like even that went down like a lead balloon. It didn't really go down that well. And you know Oh, I enjoyed that. It was okay. It spawned a fear of space for me. One thing. One thing. Anti-grav water <laughs> and swimming pools. That is that is what that movie oh, yeah, spawned terrifying. a fear for like if you're ever swimming in a pool and the anti-grav goes and the water just rises up and you can't swim out of it, you're dead. That is yeah. there's nothing you can do. Yeah, I get that. I, I think I know him as Star Lord, right? Because I yeah. never watched Parks and Rec. Um, Parks and Recreation is actually really good. So, this so I know him as Star Lord. Yeah, and to me, that he's good in that because that's the first thing I saw him in, and that's kind of the character he is for me. So, and he suits that character well, I think. Do you know he's going to voice act uh, Mario? In the yes, new movie? I did see that. So yeah. effing dumb. This, the original yeah. voice actor of Mario is still alive. Yeah. Just. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just looking back at the things he's been in. He in, I didn't realize he was in the OC. Yeah, he's in more than I didn't realize he was in. The latest film does posit a very interesting kind of apocalypse style scenario. Oh, we genetically engineer and we just put everything in one, all the bad stuff in one, one of them. Um. No, it was more that all the dinosaurs had escaped the island. Yeah. And in the third film, basically, 
they're all living in kind of nature now. So it's really like an heart, like an animal, uh, sorry, a human dinosaur trying to get along scenario. Like they can't get rid of them now. There's too many. Then there's all the ethical things about it. Oh, so okay, I feel like the nice world one. is in a position where humans so, have to oh, kind of that's just live why with they call dinosaurs. It Jurassic now. World. No. <laughs> uh, so it's a really interesting kind of place to set a story. Unfortunately, it's an action film. Which I, uh, it would have been better if it wasn't. Because like the story that could be told in a world where that is the case could be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, so that's Jurassic, Jurassic World's Dominion, yeah? The most recent one, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came out, came out this year. Yeah. And there's Jurassic World is it Fallen Kingdom? Yeah. That's the one with the, the genetically modified Go Invisible... No thermals, can see in the dark. Dinosaur Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if I've seen it. <laughs> have, you sk- have you skipped? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Is that the one where it, uh, the volcano explodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Okay, the, yes, the I've seen that thing. one then. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I've seen that one. Because yeah. they try and save. They try and save them, don't they? They put them yeah. on board. Yeah. 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 Funny. Okay, what else have you got then? Because I've got a whole section on cloning. Yeah, we can go. We can go, we can go into some some cloning details. I don't have much on cloning, but I've got some. Some. Okay, I won't, I won't go into too much detail then. But uh, I think cloning is very interesting, not because we've had Dolly the sheep drilled into us. Yeah. From a very young age, mm-hmm. but um, we see it in nature. More often than we think. I and mean, you even spoke about this with the Hydra, I think it was. In the evolution episode, you had your animals at the end you were speaking about. The basically animals that reproduce through asexual reproduction are basically just cloning oh, themselves. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the clone Hydra. is the process of producing individual organisms with identical or virtually identical DNA by either natural or artificial means. Mm. Now this occurs so often in nature. Plants reproduce asexually all the bloody time. Yeah. And we just kind of think, like, there's there's uh, strains of grapes here in Italy that have been cloned since, you know, 250 years ago. Obviously, yeah. they didn't know it was cloning them, but it was, like, selective breeding. But it, t- it turns out they were just cloning them. So they've been genetically isolated, the same grapevine, for 250 years, which is madness. Um, and there's a really interesting phenomenon called, uh, can I find it? Parthenogenesis? Parthenogenesis, which happens some, mostly in stressful situations. And it's very rare that it happens in, say, higher animals, vertebrates. Mm-hmm. But this happened in Sardinia last year in an aquarium. A female shark... A smoothhound shark. She gave birth to a baby. They give birth to live young, so they don't lay eggs or anything. But the interesting thing was is she'd been alone in a tank with one other female for 10 years. So there was no male there to fertilize the egg. And what yeah. they think happened was this rare phenomenon called parthenogenesis, where if a female doesn't has no kind of reproductive opportunities for such a long period is an egg will fertilize itself not intentionally of course but an egg will become fertilized without the need for a female and start developing and uh, sometimes allows for vertebrae to give birth without the need of a, of a partner mm-hmm. so very interesting um, but the thing we think of more when we think of cloning is, of course, especially in this context, how would I clone Mitchell? And then, so he has a second one that we can bring on the show and ask questions. Bad genes, mate. Bad genes. You don't clone me. You don't clone me. You're bad. <laughs> I've got bad genes over here. So <laughs> artificial cloning of full organisms, or often referred to as well as reproductive cloning, uses a technique called somatic cell nuclear transfer 
to create animals that are genetically identical. And you alluded to this. So the process involves two different cells. The first being a female gamete, so an egg or an ovum. And these eggs are normally, especially in human cases, because this is done with humans to a certain degree, uh, these are obtained from consenting donors. The second being a somatic cell. So that's just a normal body cell. Can be from a blood cell, can be from, you know, skin. Doesn't really matter, but it's a body cell. And they probably have certain places they take it from normally. So you have that of the individual you want to clone. The egg cell you can get from anyone. Doesn't matter. You take the egg cell and you remove and discard any DNA inside that cell. So you take out the nucleus, get rid of all the DNA. Mm-hmm. And that's what you've left with a deprogrammed cell, it's called. So what you have is then a, a body cell and this deprogrammed egg cell. And they are fused together by inserting the body cell inside the egg cell. The somatic cell nucleus then is reprogrammed. So the DNA of the body cell is taken by the egg cell. So now you have an egg cell with the DNA of the body cell. The egg cell then is stimulated, normally by some kind of shock, Mm -hmm. and it will begin to divide and undergo the normal process as if it had been fertilized. Because you've got to think it, it has the full set of DNA it needs in there. It's not half DNA like you would normally have in an egg cell. It is the full set. And then it undergoes, yeah, completely undergoes the normal cycle that a fertilized egg would. So the, the viable egg, now capable of producing an adult organism, contains all the necessary genetic information just from one parent cell. Development will ensue normally, and after many mitotic divisions, the single cell forms a blastocyst, which is an early stage embryo with about 100 cells in it, with an identical genome to the original organism of the body cell. Stem cells can then be obtained by the destruction of this embryo, and these are often used in therapeutic cloning, or the case of reproductive cloning, the clone embryo is implanted into a host mother for further development, and could be brought to term. Now, this is hypothetical. This hasn't actually been done yet. Mm-hmm. But that's a possibility. You could then take that cell and put it within a host mother for a baby to be born that way. The problem is this process is very inefficient due to stresses placed on the, the egg cell and stresses uh, introduced into the nucleus. And it's a very low success rate For example, in 1996, Dolly the sheep was born after 277 eggs were used in this method, which created only 29 viable embryos. So it had a 0.3% efficiency rate. Of those 29 embryos, only three survived until birth and only one of them survived until adulthood. Dolly the sheep. Millie then was the offspring uh, of Dolly and that took 95 attempts for them to produce a child of a clone. So bringing us back full circle to Jurassic Park then, you could try and do this through interspecies nuclear transfer. And it's a slightly different process in terms of you would take a highly, and they have done this, Mm -hmm. uh, you take a highly endangered or extinct species you take the DNA, put it into an egg cell of maybe an organism that's closely related to that species, like you were saying they would need to find for the dinosaur. And they did this in, t- in the year 2000. They produced a cloned fetus of a gaur, gaur which is an Indian bison. Por- yeah. Apologies if I've produced that, com- pronounced that completely wrong. Um, got, and they com- you know- successfully combined it with a domestic cow. Yeah, completely different information. Oh, you. okay. So strange. So strange. What What have you got then? <laughs> 2001. Oh, okay. Which is a, a baby bulgur. So the gur, which is a yeah. large wild ox. I've got oh. named Noah. Noah. He died. I've got by the Latin the way. here. Boss Gaurus. Yeah. 
he died, but this is due to an infection unrelated to the procedure. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Uh, and do you, do you know why it was, it was so special, this one? What's that? It was, it was to demonstrate that endangered species could be saved through cloning. Yeah. And I mean, they, they proved it, it, could, it could be done, right? Yeah. Um, I found here in 2000, ACT researchers cloned a gower, uh, an Asian ox. Yeah, on January I think ox the 8th, and uh, 2001. Bison. Oh, wow. That's what I've got. Yeah, well, yours seems a lot more accurate to mine. I think the paper released, though, in 2000. Yeah, I, I could be that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what I'm seeing. But yeah, yeah. so this, this is quite interesting, though, because animal cloning had been like the subject of scientific experiences for years before gaining the attention of like the first cloned proper sheep of Dolly in 1996. So for years yeah. before that, it had been going on on like cows, as we say, cows, mice, all that sort of jazz. But then it was only once, you know, they they had the walking, talking, bleating, uh, t-shirt making, slash jumper making <laughs> sheep <laughs> that it really started debates about the, the efficacy of cloning. Yeah, and, and many, many nations now have laws against it. And yeah. I think there's like, like a general kind of rule within the scientific cloning community that just humans are off limits outside of stem cell research. Which is, I, I get why. <laughs> yeah, because it, it it opens up a Pandora's box of like the worst things that could could happen, and creating yeah. like a species that is seen as sub. And there's a lot of people out there yeah. that are like, yeah, no, nah, that will never happen. But once it's like a what's that move the movie? I always forget the name of it. Blade Runner. Uh, where they create the, the AI robots and they have an uprising because they're yeah. seen as lesser people and they're made to do the tasks that people don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, if that happens, you know, oh, we'll just clone another or, one. Um, the or island. Wars. Clone troopers. We'll just have, you know, Star Wars happen. Yeah. <laughs> clone troopers. Everyone, like, you'll just, everywhere you go, just Jewel of Fates will be playing on yeah. the speakers because you never know when something is going to go down. <laughs> There'll um, be like an, an international competition to find out who's going to be Boba. <laughs> yeah. Um to find like who's going to the, the year. Who's going to be the best warrior that needs to be cloned and then there'll just be there'll be millions of them. Yeah. And um the other one the other kind of the, the more realistic thing I see happening is the island. Oh yeah, yes, definitely. Fantastic definitely. film, by the way. Absolutely phenomenal film. We we rewatched it this year because uh, I think Grace said that she hadn't watched it, and I was like, well, "I'm not having that." Even if you have watched it, we were did, real, did she really go it. to biology at the same school as us? Yeah, she that's what I said. That. I was like, I was forced to watch this at school. Like, how are you not higher set? Even though I was like, I'm pretty sure I was in higher set, but um, <laughs> different sets. Yeah, uh, really, really good film, and I think it's about a yearly watch yeah. for me as well. Yeah, you McGregor. Mean, uh, two U McGregors. Two U McGregors. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, because she plays the the other lady. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really good. The basically the pro the premise is without spoilers. The premise. Spoiler. It came in like it came out so long ago. <laughs> so so long the, the, ago. The, the, the premise is, and this is what I see would happen, especially in today's climate and things like that. Um, is there's a facility where the the people have illnesses and they have enough money to say, okay, uh, use my cells to like clone certain parts of me so that if I if my lung or my heart stops working, uh, you have another, like a replication of my heart or lung you can just put in there, right? But yeah, what they so actually did was, because the organs by themselves didn't last that long, is without the people's permission is they just actually cloned grew full on clones 
kept all the clones in like a Big Brother style facility where they told them the outside world had gone to shit. Uh, an apocalypse scenario had happened. The only safe place was inside this facility. And then they did like a lottery every day where people would be selected to go to the last haven on Earth, the island. Turns out they were just killing those people and uh, yeah, harvesting, harvesting them for their them. organs. <laughs> yeah, And then so giving those organs to the real... Oh, yeah. let's say the, the real, is that... Do you know what? The, the, original, the, the original non-clones. The non-clones, yeah. Let's say. And it, it's a really, really good movie. Uh, in terms of like the premise, because in, they they the the corporation that is doing the cloning, they tell the people that are getting the the cloned organs that the the clones themselves, where they're harvesting them from, are like fleshy sacks, and their technology renders them like they're not actually people. People, they're not walking, talking yeah, people. They're, not they're just conscious. Like, they're just they they're grow basically the just there, yeah, to keep the organs functioning until yeah. they're needed. But you find that in the movie, like they they could, they didn't manage to do that. They couldn't get it to work. So, but if they could get to work, is growing them and at a quicker rate, and then keeping them alive. Um, yeah. Very, very, very interesting. Uh, such a good movie. Such a good movie. Yeah, uh, just more than the premise. It was actually just really well done. Really well done. Yeah, cool. Cool. Some weird, weird flight. They, they, it was all like, this is like normal 2020, like 2000s technology. And then one point they're like, you know what? Hover bike. <laughs> You're hover like, bike, yeah. what? You're like, yep, we've got a, we've got a hover bike and this is happening now and you're like oh okay cool that's true it's like it was just kind of relatable enough and like magnet maglev trains as well oh yeah. yes yeah so yeah. it's kind of like near future yeah but like believable kind of near future kind of stuff yeah um but, but it, yeah it all really ends good. up with a, a clone uprising where they go back and they release everybody because there's one one man on the inside that does like the mechanical work managed to get one person out and it spirals from there. And then there's like the whole, what do you do with the clones? Cause they're, they're people. Yeah. And that is really kind of like a biologically accurate process of cloning as well. Everything they do there, at least at the time was biologically correct. Yeah. Um, like and then it does raise the ethical kind of debate there of like, okay, well what, what do you do now? Yeah. Because, like, what would you do if your clone just turned up one day and was like, hiya, yeah, they've been keeping us at a facility underground with the promise of going to the island. It's not real. Like, how trippy would that be? Have a good game of chess, I reckon. I don't, because I think I would just play the same moves opposite the board. Well, no, because I think the person opposite me playing would actually be more intelligent, because they've had, like... A very their experience has been like you wake up you exercise you're healthy you learn like this, that's how they're kept to like so they're they're prime optimal well, this is true people. yeah um and that's it that's the other side of cloning right and this is like another reason why identical twins are so interesting to science is because essentially genetically they are clones they're replications of each other right yeah because they've come from the same single fertilized cell it wasn't two egg cells were fertilized at the same time it was one that split mm -hmm. into two different people um so you can really see the difference there of like you know nature versus nurture yeah right so there is that thing yeah if uh your clone had been playing chess for the past 28 years they'd probably kick your butt wasn't it you and mcgregor's penis wasn't that the the issue that you had from partying too much oh was it yeah, I think I thought it was uh, his heart was going. Oh, yeah, for the drugs. Yeah, I, I couldn't from the drugs. At a earlier age, I couldn't get the drug reference. I thought it was like a penis thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, probably, he probably had a bit of pilly willy as well, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, so it's probably struggles. a bit of both. Struggles, struggles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I th I I think because uh, I'm really brutal when it comes to like AI not being people, and if like even if they recreated the consciousness, they're still not people. So I, I would just be like, no, you're going to, there can't be two of us. This can't happen. Be gone. Yeah. Oh, wow. Just straight up. Get in the bin, mate. Yeah. Get, get in the incinerator. Walk yourself in. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not as brutal. Maybe I could be with AI. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe they're overextending uh, here. I think that's how I see it. Turning up. I, I get it, but if they've lived for, you know, the same amount of time as you, but just had a completely different thing, they formed their own experiences and memories and they've essentially gone through the human process, but just in a completely different environment. Yeah, no, you can you'd have you'd have to like look out I don't know, because you'd have to like look after them, make sure they're all right. Uh You'd have some... De- well, I don't think you... I don't think the... I would. I mean, mate, you're 28. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, that can't be depressed. your responsibility. Because you didn't... It's like, would you... If someone had a, just a random child and came into your dorm and was just like, oh, this is your responsibility now, you'd be like, well, no, because that's not my response. I had nothing to do with this. How can you place yeah. this at my door? I did not create this. Um, but is there a responsibility because no, you signed up for the clone? Like, you know, in that situation, you went through the process of being like, yeah, no, I need a clone for myself. So is it there like a... I think like in terms of like the, the movie, they didn't know the clones were walking, talking. No, people, but even you if you said. didn't know. So would they be let off the, the, the hook there with the responsibility I, of it? I don't know. It Probably not because, you know... They're uber rich. They can deal with it, actually, to be honest. You know what? To be honest, I've, ta- I've taken this back. If I was in that position where I could afford to get myself a clone, yeah, I'd, I'd look after the clone. Why not? I don't Who think means? I would look after it. The issue comes... I would teach it about the world yeah. and give it a bit of money. Be gone. Or maybe like an allowance so that it didn't just, you know, spend all it once because it had no concept of money. You know? Yeah, the, the issue being is, with that movie, the one thing that it falls down is that he starts to have dreams about memories and it's yeah. just like that well how the how the li- living hell did that happen how have they managed just to be like oh yeah we got the genetic code from you but there's some having like th- th- memories are hidden in, in the dna apparently but wasn't that a thing as well and maybe i'm making this up but they sc- took brain scans of the people who were getting clones because no, the clones um, didn't function. So they had the conditioning uh, video that they yeah. had, and they like they flickered that in front of them. They didn't actually do brain scans. No, but of the people, so like of the original Ewan McGregor, not the clone. Yeah, no, they because no, 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 didn't. didn't the clones weren't functioning properly without the memories, or am I completely making that up? You're completely making that up. They didn't okay. have. They didn't get given any memories. They were given. Okay. They were given fake memories. Yeah, I remember to that make video the, thing. Yeah, believing the islands to be more true, and then he was like, "Yeah, no, I'm having dreams of this very specific boat that exists in real life." You're like, yeah. right? Okay. That was one stupid thing. Another stupid thing <laughs> was of all the, uh, like, you know, there was hundreds, thousands of clones there, right? And f- what you learn is at one point. The conditioning memories. There's only about four of them. Like, surely, it, if you were creating thousands of clones that were going to co-inhabit the same space and may at one point speak about their childhood memories from before the apocalyptic event, you'd create more than four. So not everyone was riding the same blue bike with tassels on it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then the books that would just come out, surely. Oh, yeah, I had that bike too. Yeah. Yeah, it was right. great. The Everyone time. just had the same bike. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are up and yeah. over the hour now. We are indeed. Talking about such a pivotal movie in our childhoods. <laughs> it really was. It's weird, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it's like, actually. Yeah. Things you're forced to go through at school. Stick with you. Yeah. That's funny. All right. Anything else to add then, mate? No, that's it from me. Alrighty, that'll bring us to a wrap then. Don't forget to share this with your friends, families, co-workers, scientists, clones. Every listen counts. <laughs> if you want more information, fun science, you can follow us on Twitter at InfoEntropyPod, Instagram, InformationEntropyPod, and of course the directory you are currently listening to us on and more. Don't forget to give us a follow and a rating if you can. I've been Tom Jenks. I've been joined by Mitchell Gatting. Hello, and goodbye. We've been the Information Entropy Podcast. Hopefully we've helped decrease the entropy of information in your lives. You got it right. You guys. I I was just going to accept it and move on. (laughs) We did it. I did it. (laughs) 
I wrote it down this time, so I actually remembered. Ah, oh, it's cheating. It's cheating. Cheating. But, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah, you know. We'll catch you guys then. And next week. Peace. Definitely.